Hello, hello, off-airers. Welcome to another week of Off-Air. It's your weekly news and pop culture podcast each week. Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, pull apart the top three stories of the week as decided normally by me. Uh, I pick the top three stories and throw them at Nick. They are a total surprise to him. But this week he's put in a request to do one story. So I actually don't know one of them. I normally give you a little hint as to what they're going to be. So this week we're going to do... 27 dresses of Harry Styles. Harry Styles has worn a dress on Vogue and people are getting very angry. And Pete Evans is a celebrity and he's out of here. Uh, Plus, one story brought to you by Nick Stewart. It'll be a surprise for you and a surprise for me too. Let's get into it. It's the revamped off air. What is our mandate? Tim Rubin. It's super creepy to reanimate somebody's dead father for their birthday. Nick Stewart. I really leaned into trying to get radicalised by ISIS. You're listening to Off Air. I believe it's this. We are connected, Nick Stewart, and we've renovated... How good's the new intro? I know, got some new paint on the walls, cleaned out the gutters, a couple other things. Am I allowed to tease things here? What are we? What is the format of this podcast? Tease whatever you want. Yeah, we, go for it. What some, do you, I mean, people probably don't even know what the word tease means. But yeah, say what you want. Well, I'm go just ahead. tickling you with some information in your ear holes if you're listening. That we got some fun stuff coming up. We got some little projects. We've been doing pretty well. We're very surprised. Thank you for listening. And uh, some cool stuff on the way. Should I say more? And, what should I do? And that was the that was the last podcast that they ever did. <laughs> You jinxed it. No, we decided to update a couple of things, so that's very fun. Thank you so much to James Holland for the incredible opener that has made us dance for six months now. Yes. Um, but on to, yeah, things, the world changes. That's how the world works. Uh, speaking of change, something very exciting has also happened in the podcast. I'm not sure if you're aware of this one, Nick, but there has been a, uh, a, a huge boom in the followers, in the listeners, in the parent department. and and this is even more this is more than you're aware of so um uh, one of our listeners hannah message and she said she was on a drive in ballarat with her parents put off air on for mick and irene and they enjoyed it they seemed a bit confused uh my girlfriend ellie her mum messaged and apparently she's been listening so shout out to Suze. and then in the facebook group get a notification who wants to join Mary Stewart. Well, it's Marie, okay. but that's fine. Marie. That's, that's my mum, yes. <laughs> shout out to Marie. Oh, I did not think we would Her end parents. up doing mum shout outs on the podcast. But uh, oh, look, I, I think we're a feast for anyone's ears. Uh, I don't personally listen to it, but I've been told it's relatively good every single week. Do we have to do we have to clean up our act or anything now that I know that your mom's listening? No, she's fine. She'll be all right. She's, she's We talk about porn a lot. Yeah. It comes up very often. That's true. Although she did catch me many times growing up. So, <laughs> so she knows. After it's the not fact, a, it, it was it's not a shock. Let's just say I wasn't great. Back in the d- kids, anyone under the age of 22 listening, there once was family computers. We didn't have porn on our phones. And let's just say it took me a long time to learn how to delete browser history. I think everybody, I, while everything that you're saying is uh, I'm cringing so hard at, I also relate. We've all, every, every, we we're all, we've all been through the same thing. We have. It's it's okay, people. It's porn. It's sex. It's part of life. We all live. We all die. We all have sex. That's why we're all here. In the words of Jamie Dunn, one of my former mentors, aka Grow the Puppet, every single human on the planet is a result of sex. 
It's true. Yeah. And it's a wise fact. words coming from Agro, who we might be seeing on <laughs> I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which I would love. I could um, get the scoop on that. Do you want me to text him and just ask him? Do you want me to text him? Yeah. <laughs> right, go ahead. We'll see send, if we can get an answer by the end of this podcast. I'll send him a text. You fill for time. Here we go. <laughs> well, how about I start off with my Nick pick this week, my recommendation. Okay. I've got a, I've got a double header. You ready for it? Yep. Okay, my favourite show that I've been getting very into at the moment is called The Queen's Gambit. It's on Netflix. Have you seen this, Nick? Uh, My fiancé, Jazz, has been watching it. It's about chess, isn't it? I haven't seen any of it. Yeah, it's about a – I wish that it was a true story, but it's about a fictional um, female chess player growing up who comes from an orphanage in about the 1950s, but it is based on a whole bunch of realities of the chess world. And it's just super interesting. It's just a really, really well-made show about something a little left of centre – um, and it's a it's a really great watch with with some wonderful acting. And then my second part of the recommendation, it's got me back into chess a little bit because I've got a little chess app on my phone, and I've started watching. You know that I have the uh, the masterclass thing yes. on uh, a, a subscription. I do, which is wonderful. So on masterclass, Gary Kasparov, who was the former world champion of chess, he has a masterclass where he teaches you how to play chess. So if you're like the same level as me or kind of anybody else who learned how to play in primary school but hasn't really played ever since. So interesting because he, I mean, the guy is a freaking genius. So it's a really, really great watch. If you don't, don't, if you don't know what Masterclass is, um, it's basically this platform where experts teach you their trade. And so the Gary Kasparov chess uh, class, hand in hand with watching Queen's Gambit, perfect. When you say genius, how much has Gary's uh, work benefited mankind no i mean (laughs) how do you define genius he's a genius i know i'm just teasing you it's fine i love how you get obsessed with these little games it's very good it's like when you became a magician Uh, okay jamie dunn has been texted i said mate are you gonna go eat cow dung in the country uh we'll see if he gets back to me by the end of the podcast and we can maybe break that here at off air now uh my pick completely different world uh, I've been watching, and it's a show you like. I've been watching Meat Eater by Steve Rinella, just to tie in with the fact I've recently gone to a plant-based diet. So I'm watching a guy from the Midwest go to different countries and shoot their most precious animals. <laughs> he doesn't shoot their most precious. He shoots deer 90% of the time. Sometimes he goes fishing. It's a really great show. You like it? I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I am I am. Yeah, he's, he's a fascinating guy. He gives a really good aspect to hunting for people who haven't been involved in it and talks about the psychology of it and also just because, you know, a lot of people when they think about hunting, they're just thinking about people shooting shit in the country with no feeling. And he really relates it back to our forefathers and the experience of, of that whole thing. And I think it's good. It's a great watch. If, if You also just get to see some awesome countryside while you're doing it. And he cooks the yeah. meat as well in front of you, which is cool too. Well, I think, I mean, yeah, it kind of turns into a cooking show halfway through. But what I like about the hunting world, one of my best friends, Toby, is a hunter, by the way, and he hunts with a bow and arrow. Um, and what I think is great about it, so many people are so quick to slam hunting and go, oh, it's so barbaric. How could you go and kill an animal? And then they'll go and they'll cook a steak or cook the <laughs> bolognese with beef in it and then have a chicken burger the next day. And the list goes on and on. And if you're an average meat eater, I mean, you might be consuming the equivalent of like five or six animals in a day. And that can stack up to hundreds of animals over the course of a year. Whereas for my mate, Toby, if he goes and gets a deer, 
that is going to be the majority of his meat consumption for about the next three months. Mm. And the quality um, of life is very different as well. It's worth pointing out the quality of life of the animals you're generally yeah. eating if you go shop at Woolies or Coles or Aldi is very different to what your friend Toby would be hunting. And I think that's a good distinction to make. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, if you're a deer in the wild, you're either going to die of uh, old age, which is not nice. Uh, that's like where they get sick, their mm. teeth stop, start falling out. They can't eat anymore and they slowly die of starvation in the wild. They'll get taken by a predator, which is also not a nice way to go, or taken by a hunter, which is the quickest and mm. most painless way after a full life, which so I, I think it's a very interesting question for anybody to kind of look at their relationship with meat in their own uh, in their own life in saying that i still don't do hunting but it, it's something that i think about would you do it yeah i would really like to do it but you need to get a license and all of these all, all of these things that yeah. it, look it's not been a priority of mine but i make <laughs> conscious decisions uh i make conscious decisions around my meat consumption and about about where i buy my meat from as well so i have a couple of farmers that have uh, a couple of butchers that are associated with local farms so that the animals actually do range free and have normal lives. Um, and that's where I get the majority of my meat from. Good stuff. Now, quick one. I want to steal story number two. Is that okay? Never been done, ha but I think I just need to do it. Have it. Okay. I'm excited about this. New opener. Story number two is yours. Are you ready for story number one? Let's do it. Story number one. So in vogue. Harry Styles is on the front cover of Vogue magazine this month. Uh, he is the first solo male artist to do it ever, and he decided to celebrate it by wearing a ball gown dress. And lo and behold, some people are really cranky about that. Um, in particular, Candace Owens, who is a US conservative commentator. And I'm going to be totally honest. I don't actually know what that job title means. Like, is that a full-time job, being yeah. a conservative commentator? She's a talking head. She's got a podcast. I've actually listened to some of her things she's very young she's only 28 years old she's a couple of years younger than us so i think i don't always believe that her political views are hers but she is exceptionally right, right wing she's uh, if you've heard of uh i think it's tammy lauren tammy lauren she's very similar to her she's uh, candace owens is a young black chick and massive trump supporter massive conservative massive pro life pro guns all that gear Pro-life, pro-guns, anti-Harry Styles. So uh, <laughs> she's tweeted about Harry Styles and she said this about his uh, photos of him in a dress. Do you think anywhere in Russia or China or anywhere in the East men are wearing dresses and heels? Just a serious question. If you don't understand that all of this is just a part of a bigger plan to take down the West, um, I can't help you. People are very angry about the fact that Harry Styles is wearing a dress. Why do you think people give a shit? <laughs> oh, they need to give a shit about something, Tim. That's the key thing. Everyone in this world has to give a shit about something. I don't think anyone is putting Harry Styles up on a pedestal as the height of masculinity. I mean, it's, it's the first thing that stands out with that comment she made is what about the most celebrated, wealthiest, famous person in Hollywood right now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Because he is a fairly hyper-masculine dude. When she's saying yeah. that it's this, because a lot of right-wing people, that the whole shtick that she is doing is mm -hmm. that 
apparently the left are trying to neuter men and they're doing it by referring to all masculinity as toxic. They're doing it by trying to push trans issues on people, which, which you get, these aren't my views and they're fucking ridiculous, but that's Mm. their argument is that they're trying to completely neuter men and make them watered down and washed down and take away fatherly influence and all of that type of gear. Now it's all bullshit for a start. Harry Styles is not the epitome of all men, nor should anyone be. We need to build up all our principles from different places. And then also, he's a little weird. He's a little bit of a weird guy. It is really surprising. Would it be surprising 40 years ago if Mick Jagger did this? I don't think it no. would. So- but, I mean, when, when you say he's a little bit weird, like Harry Styles has been dressing in feminine uh, clothing for a very long time. And he often describes himself as being, I don't know if the term is gender fluid that he uses, but he definitely doesn't sit within the boundaries of cisgender heterosexual. Um, so, yeah, it's not a surprise that he's done this. What I think is interesting is that people have gotten so worked up about it. I mean, Harry Styles has uh, walked red carpets in like, fishnet see-through tops and very interesting different outfits do you think that it's really grinding people's gears because it's now on the front cover of vogue and so in a way this is just another level of progress in people being accepting of these ideas no because i don't fucking read vogue who reads who reads Vogue? <laughs> oh, well, I don't it's know. Not, I mean, people will audience. probably look at Vogue because of this for the first yeah, time I know, in a long time. But it's I don't I, think it's ta- I, I don't think there's a massive crossover between Joe Rogan's target audience and Vogue's target audience. It's a, it's a, a hot fashion magazine. So the yeah. fact that they're pushing boundaries is not surprising in the slightest. I think people are getting angry because they they're looking at different little ways to stay in the headlines and I think that's probably what a lot of the right are doing if we really want to boil it down from a media perspective i think that they're trying to wash their heads of all the trump shit that's going on and they need to start bringing up microaggressions and tiny little issues again so that they can start calling people snowflakes for having different opinions to themselves and stop feeling bad about the fact they got whitewashed in the election what is the obsession with russia and china and, and why is it that all of these right-wing conservatives look up to these completely communist countries where in, in Russia, if you wear a dress, you go to fucking jail? So it's I, I, just, I, see... I can't keep up with the craziness of being afraid of and talking about how terrible and scary communism and socialism is and then also being like, but Russian ideals are true ideals. What do you think what do you think's going on there? It's a snake eating its own head. It's they're just looking for examples. I mean it's like I said at the start of this topic. There are pl- if she wanted to look at American examples, there's plenty of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's a pretty awesome dude. It, it, from a mental health perspective, he's very progressive. And from a fitness perspective, he's very progressive. If you want to look for strong male role models, there is a heap in America. There is plenty, but they want to circle in on this concept that America is becoming this watered down, neutered type environment, which is interesting as well, considering at the moment, the left that they're talking about, which is something I was curious to know if if we were going to chat about. 
Antifa keep beating the shit out of Trump supporters. I don't know if you've seen this. I don't want to. Yeah. And that to me. Well, I've seen some pretty terrible. I've seen some videos actually of like the Proud Boys running into street. Yeah. Oh, it's bad both ways. I mean, I don't. But I do. I don't want to say that the. I don't want to say that that's masculinity. No, no, it's not. But I'm saying street fight. But I'm saying that if they if they're holding these examples up and saying the left are trying to neuter people that and trying to make them completely passive and pacifists then it's it's a weird it's just a weird boat. She's just an impressioned person trying to make money. I think that's the bigger thing. And and those other people that are pointing to it. If Harry Styles wants Harry Styles is I don't think he has ever asked to be an example for people either. I'm not aware of Harry Styles saying I want he's not a savior, he's a singer. And there's a big difference between those two things. Why do you think because it's not just Candace Owens who's getting in on this Ben Shapiro has tweeted about it. Why do you think it is that masculinity on the whole, and it seems to be predominantly within those uh, right conservative groups, why do you think that masculinity is so sensitive? Like, if anything, he's, I mean, having the bravery and the guts to do something a little bit different on a huge magazine, that's ballsy as. (laughs) Whereas going, being so offended and, oh, why are we doing this? Like, that's a feminization of masculinity. If your masculinity is so easily just crushed by a bloody photo on a women's magazine, I think that that's probably more telling. Like, do you think that uh, these people maybe need to look at their own sense of masculinity and identity? Absolutely. But I don't think they're going to. I, I, think, I think that they exist in an echo chamber. Uh, but I think you make a good point. It is. And usually the people saying the word snowflakes are the, the most easily offended. I've found that yeah. as well. So it's just a confusing time. For me, Harry Styles, you do what you want, man. I th- if I could be anyone on the planet, it would probably be Harry Styles right now. He's living the dream. He's come fresh off earning tens of millions of dollars in a boy band to being one of the most pretty humans on the planet. He could probably get any girl or boy he wants. Good on him. Yeah, hats off to Harry Styles or, I don't know, dresses off to Harry Styles. Whatever you want, take it off for Harry Styles. (laughs) Story number two. Okay, this is one of my favourite stories of 2020, purely for the unintentional comedy value, not because I've got any sort of axe to grind. But Erin Molan, NRL commentator, she's been around a long time, she's on Channel 9, very well respected. She intentionally mispronounced a Polynesian player's name to try to make a bit of a joke about it. And media has blown up and said that it was racially insensitive, and it it sort of was, man. But anyway... The Daily Mail wrote a really strong hate piece against it. Generally not a big fan of theirs. Anyway, she's gone, fuck you, Daily Mail. I'm suing you because that's what everyone does. And instead of just settling out of court, which they almost always do, they've decided, no, this is where we're taking a stand. And they've hired private investigators to go through everything she has ever said on Channel 9 and on that radio station and on all her radio appearances. And instead, they're trying to counterprove that she is in fact racist. Is racist. Yeah, they've gone. They've gone. Now, nope. actually, what we're going to do is build a case that you are racist. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And they've dug up her doing dodgy Asian accents and all these little right. things. And yeah, it's one of my favourite things that have happened in 2020. Imagine oh, a that's court. Amazing. I had no idea. Yeah. Imagine a court mandating that you are racist. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's basically what happened with Clive Palmer. Like he said, I'm going to sue 
um, Daily Geordie, what's his name? Friendly Geordie. Yeah, yeah. And Friendly Geordie started a campaign to prove that people actually think that Clive Palmer is a fatty McFuckhead. <laughs> and people do. That's the thing. And they do. Yeah. And he was like, take me to court. Yeah. And he made a whole video of like dozens of comedians and had thousands of comments of people saying Clive Palmer is a fatty McFuckhead. Oh, it's great. I, I love it's it amazing. when, obviously the Daily Mail evil corporation, but I do love mm. that they've clapped back and just decided to brand Eleanor and Mullen official. Would you get a certificate after the court case finishes? Just a certificate saying you are in fact racist? Like you have been court approved as a racist. We um we had a lawyer come and speak to us at radio school and he specialised in representing uh, radio stations. And I think he had represented like Alan Jones or something at one point because he had called a politician an idiot and the politician took him to court. And so they put together, they said, we're going to prove that it's true. And so they put together like a 150 page dossier on all the times that he had publicly been an idiot. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and said and done the wrong thing. And they proved that he was an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't I would that wear, amazing? In fairness, I would wear that as a badge of honor. If yeah. someone if someone put the effort into because we all are. I mean, people could dig up this podcast or things I've said on ra- breakfast radio oh, shows yeah, yeah, over yeah. the years. And I would obviously come across as an idiot. So yeah. but good on them for putting the effort in and actually trying to build yeah. that case. Story number three. So that's what that means. Nick Pete Evans is in hot water, or as he likes to call it, broth, after he, cough, cough, accidentally posted a neo-Nazi symbol to his 278,000 followers. The image showed a caterpillar wearing a MAGA hat saying to a butterfly with a black sun neo-Nazi symbol on it, you've changed. And the butterfly replies, we're supposed to. The meme basically implies that the next step for MAGA supporters is to join neo-Nazi groups, and it's pretty clear when you look at it. Uh, Since that has happened in about the last 48 hours, companies like Panmac Publishing, House, Woolworths, Dimmix, Natural Raw, and Baccarat have all dropped him, and Channel 10 have officially booted him from I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here before filming even started. He has since jumped onto Instagram and claimed that he didn't know that it was a Nazi symbol, and he didn't even know what a neo-Nazi was. Nick, do you believe Pete? I do. Is that bad? I actually do believe Pete. I think you're going to disagree with me. I think he's a fucking idiot. I think Pete Evans is not a very smart man. I think he has sur- he's moved to Byron Bay. He's surrounded himself with, uh, himself with a bunch of people that all get together and share crystals and they have their salt lamps and all that type of gear. And I think he actually, I think he was actually, and this is going to sound, this is going to annoy you, Tim, because he is a, ready. he is a make America great again guy. He's been a mm-hmm. massive Trump supporter. I think he was maybe trying to say that he's grown and no longer supports Donald Trump and accidentally posted a meme he thought communicated that, but instead meant he was moving on to neo-Nazism. <sighs> I think that's what he did. And then he's tried to backtrack it because there was a girl that commented on it saying, hey, you know, this is a neo-Nazi symbol. And he said, I was waiting for someone to pick that up, which is the exact kind of dickhead, self-indulgent wanker thing you would say if you didn't want to admit you fucked up royally. 
I hadn't thought about it like that. And it's possible. <laughs> and I don't I think he's that. smart enough to do thinly veiled, crazy racist shit. I don't think he's got it in him, man. I think it's a bit of a misunderstanding and the bloke is a dickhead. I think that's the actual answer at the bottom of this. <laughs> I did notice that in his um, not apology video, but his explanation video, he is not wearing his MAGA hat and he's actually wearing a blue hat that says something else on it. Mm. So I thought that that was a very interesting choice. If you were a pro MAGA person and you were putting out a video that more people were going to look at than anything else in the last six months, you would probably, you would probably, you know, stick to your guns and, and pull the hat out. Well, just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any more bizarre, the mainstream media have come out and labelled me a racist and a neo-Nazi. The fact that I had to actually Google what neo-Nazi meant is pretty telling. So I would just want to tell you this once and one time only. It is completely untrue, unfactual and a load of garbage. So I do think it is possible. Maybe he is, maybe he is that misguided that he didn't realise that it was a neo-Nazi symbol. And I will be honest. It is possible to do because uh, it's not the symbol itself on the butterfly is not as recognizable as something like a it's swastika. It's not a swastika. It's no, it's or a, an it is a more or... subtle reference. Um, and the fact that the caterpillar, oh God, I can't believe that we are spending time <laughs> <laughs> pulling apart a meme of a caterpillar talking to a butterfly. The fact that the caterpillar was wearing the marga hat could have been enough for him to just be like, oh, it's got a marga hat. I'm going to share it. Um, <laughs> I mate, I actually do believe this. I don't feel sorry for him because I don't care what happens to Pete Evans. He's a weird individual. He's off with the fairies. He's saying a lot of harmful things and it's scary that he has a big audience because just a day before this drama, he came out and said he chooses not to believe that humans are contagious in general. It was a blanket statement. <laughs> he just said, someone asked him about the coronavirus and he, he said, you know, that only happens if you choose to believe oh, that God. humans can be contagious, which I don't subscribe to. It doesn't make sense to me. Like the fucking flu, mate. Of course humans are contagious. If you've ever worked in a workplace, you know humans are wildly contagious when it comes to anything. For anything. Exactly. For anything. So he's just, if from the interviews and this is getting on to suable territory, but he has that glazed over look like someone who's gone to Byron Bay and done a little too many psychedelics and maybe got a bit too introspective and seen too much of his own gods. And I, I think that could be more the case than Pete Evans is secretly a neo-Nazi racist who is trying to push his white supremacist agendas on the same group of people he, I mean, it seems just off-brand. It's, it's a bold move, that's all. My only fear is, my only fear is that if we do take that, take that route and go, okay, I believe and I accept that Pete is purely an idiot and didn't realise. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a huge thing to let somebody off for. And if we are wrong about something like that, this is a really dangerous, dangerous territory for somebody to start getting into. No, but you because don't it's a very let, serious. Don't let him off though, because he did not apologize. It was an it was an anti-apology, which is mm. which is our century's way of apologizing. He said, I'm sorry if you misinterpreted it. Which is actually saying, I'm sorry if you're the dickhead. It's not saying I yes. look, I'm sorry, I didn't know the symbolism of this. Because he goes on in the apology to say, uh, from now on I will check 
every I will learn about every symbol that's ever existed. It's, no, that's not the case. If you're posting something, take take check. responsibility and check what you're actually posting and potential also, meanings behind it. What pages is he following for that to come up in his newsfeed? Exactly. I mean, that's not coming up in my Facebook newsfeed as an option for me to click share on. Um, <laughs> And he also blamed, he did a real Donald Trump move and blamed the media. And he said, you know, the media has drummed this up into a fake story, which is a really interesting move. My concern is that if we are wrong about this, like this is a really dangerous thing for somebody to be, um, for somebody of that level to be promoting groups like that is incredibly, incredibly serious. It's scary for me personally, coming from a Jewish background, like it, I am uh, like openly it's something that frightens me mm. hearing that there are people in Australia and America who subscribe to those neo-Nazi ideals. And just as a side note, I think that if you are an Australian neo-Nazi, you are literally one of the dumbest human beings on the planet because it does <laughs> like it's <laughs> the concept of an Australian or an American neo-Nazi is so baffling because if you are one of those dinky, and I've seen this, by the way, dinky, Aussie drive Aussies driving around with a Ute with a swastika sticker on it. Australia literally fought in a war against the literal Nazis. Yeah. So you can either be one or the other. The idea of being an Australian neo-Nazi, like Australian soldiers died to protect us from the Nazis. And so you supporting them 70 years later is the most un-Australian, or if you're in America, most un-American thing that you can possibly do. How would your so family feel, the people closer to uh, when when the Second World War was, your older relatives, how would they feel seeing those symbols and that symbology? I mean, it's, it's, it's really scary because it's fucking real, man. Like they killed 3 million Jewish people for no reason. And so the idea that people are just dabbling in a little bit of this <laughs> is, you know, oh, I just, oh, it's a cool, it's a cool symbol. Like, no, this is the type of thing that needs to be stamped out immediately. Mm. And so, I mean, maybe you are right. And maybe he did literally just post the wrong thing and not understand it. And that's possible. But it's also really terrifying to me, the idea of people in power, people in the media, people with a large following um, being able to double talk their way out of problems like this. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. it's scary. The way that the media used to work was the media was very controlled. And so if somebody was, for example, a Nazi, you know, there's only going to be one story on them a month and they're going to say, hey, this is something that I believe in and they're going to gain followers that way or they're going to be rejected that way. Whereas nowadays we have the ability because we control our own media to put out as many stories as we want. And so doing exactly what Pete Evans has done, putting this symbol out there and then backtracking into the mainstream media going, no, 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 no. You've already actually done the damage because you've already given your supporters who maybe lean that way, that tick of approval. Mm. And then you've gone and you've covered your tracks, which is what they would probably be doing as well, you know, amongst themselves saying, yeah, this is something that I believe in. But when they're out in public, no, 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 it's a mistake. So this double talk is really scary and really dangerous. And I think that it's correct that there has been as strong a backlash. If not, there should be potentially a stronger backlash. But it also worries me that I think that Australia forgets things super quickly. And it wasn't that long ago that Pete was booted off. Um, what, what was it? MasterChef? Which one was his uh, My show? Kitchen Rules. My Kitchen Rules. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago that he was booted off that. And now, you know, it's been like a matter of months. 
and he's seeping his way back into the public eye. Oh, now he's going to be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And well, it worries me say, that yeah. he, it worries me that he's going to be booted off this. And then how long is it going to be before somebody with potentially these incredibly dangerous ideals seeps their way back in? I agree anyway, completely. That's... No, no. I think you make a bunch of really good points. And I am not someone who's lived those experiences at all. And and look, there isn't a ginormous Jewish population in Australia. So a lot of people haven't lived those experiences. And I think it's worth pointing out, man, because for me, the most ridiculous thing Pete Evans does is really, really bad dire health advice. And so I, I agree completely with everything you said in terms of to the level that he should be kicked off. And I actually think it's more disgusting that it was ever being considered for him to go into the jungle and get a platform. Yeah. I think that's the more overarching thing. I think you're right. It's, and I don't think that's a platform that the public did. That's a platform that the media did do. So for him to now turn around and blame the mainstream media after they were just about to put him back up on a pedestal is pretty ridiculous. And he did not apologize. He did not. It, it, it was not an apology. It was him walking it back and saying, you know, oh, if you misinterpreted or interpreted it that way. He is a slimy little snake of a human being. I have no time for him in Elliot in any aspect of what he does. I think he's really fucked up. I think it's weird that he has such a strong following. I think he lives in an echo chamber. And I think it's too convenient for him to brand something mainstream media. The mainstream media is an incredibly nuanced thing with a whole bunch of people with different opinions on different spectrums. And it's become too easy for these people with social media followings to just brand it and try to uh, galvanize people against it. And that would be mm. a really simplistic, stupid thing to do, which is odd considering that they're hoping we'll open our eyes up and open our thought process up to what they're saying. And it really writes off their opinions as well. He, he is a moron. It's as simple as that. And he tries to disguise it as some sort of mystic, in, intelligent, uh, elitist, you know, holistic dickhead. It's really weird. It's a really weird brand. And it's just someone who's drug fucked hanging out in Byron, as far as I'm concerned. And there's about 87,000 people there doing that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Do you think that there's anything, like, my fear is that he just sneaks back into the public eye in another six months once we forget about it. Do you think that there should be some level of blacklisting of, like, no, nah, you know what, you shared that, you didn't apologise for it, that's the end of you. I would love if that could exist. Hmm. I mean, that's cancel culture, and I don't think it works. But I think it's more, it's more curious, when was the last time you heard Fraser Anning's name? When was, you know, who, who is actually a neo-Nazi? So yeah, he I got think, egged right by Egg Boy. Yeah, that's yeah. him. He's the guy yeah. that got hit on the head by Egg Boy, and then he got uh, something like twelve votes <laughs> in the, in the, to get back in the Senate and couldn't do it. But I think it's more a case of people need to stop giving him oxygen. I think the mainstream media in general, every time he says something crazy, just go, "Oh, that's a crazy guy. I don't need to write an article about it." People, people don't need to keep hearing how crazy he is. He is obviously crazy. So if if people just ignore him, he can live in his echo chamber in Byron and only only have an effect on those people who already have pretty outlandish views. So I don't think that there is a blacklist. I mean, if there was a blacklist, then you've got to blacklist some extreme left opinions as well. Um, so I don't I don't think media can work in general in that fashion. But I agree that he's an asshole and a, and a moron, and I don't I don't appreciate his comments or his sentiments or his pseudo pseudo intellectualism. We went hard on Pete Evans this week. I wonder if he. I knew he was coming up. I would get him on the. I would. 
I, I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even... It'd be like speaking to Kanye no. West. It's someone who is no. so ingrained in their own convictions that they're not open to dialogue. They're not open to a conversation. They're only open to continually spewing and reinforcing their own thoughts, which aren't particularly well-educated. And that's when we all stop learning, right? Both you and I openly admit that we don't know very much. We don't know, we well, don't know a great deal about podcast. anything. Exactly. <laughs> So don't ever, don't ever think that we're experts because this no. is about us trying to work stuff out, and that's what we all should be doing as humans. Yeah, I like it. Um, should we end the podcast on a slightly positive note? Because there was one story that I really liked in the news this week that's probably not worth a full-on uh, story number four or anything. Yeah, do it. But Give me a little bit. Give yeah. me a tease. Okay. Well, uh, Nick, did you see the update with the uh, hashtag Let Us Speak story? This is something that we covered a couple of weeks ago. Uh, please explain it. Cause I, I saw that you posted in our group off air, please join. We have great conversations there. Uh, but can you, can you give me the rundown on it? Okay. So basically, um, a few months ago, a gag order came into effect in Victorian law that stopped sexual assault victims being able to talk about their own stories publicly, um, which basically means that they have been forced to be silent about their stories. Um, we had I had a quote from from a girl that I know um, called Letitia, who has refused to uh, be silenced and continues to publicly write about her story, even though that's a risky thing to do. But there's been a huge landmark case that has happened in the last 24 hours where a woman by the name of uh, Jamie um, won her case against her um, basically against her abuser and broke out of the gag order so that she is now legally allowed to talk about it and legally allowed to publicly name her abuser, which is uh, a right that she should 100% have. Um, and I'm hoping that this is the first of many and that uh, we continue to see this gag order just be abolished because I don't think anybody should be taking stories away from people who have experienced such crazy atrocities. Absolutely. I think that's their experience to share. Yeah. So I was I was so moved to see that there is positive movement in the right direction um, happening around that story, even though it's totally crazy to begin with. It is. But it's great. And, and, and it's an amazing thing. And hopefully this now is, is enough to be considered precedent so that anyone can just do it. And if it goes to court, they've got precedent. Uh, but yeah, you're right. More needs to be done on that. And we, we should talk more about that. Maybe with the, I, I hate to add in a last little tease here, but maybe with the things coming, we'll get the chance. We might be doing some different things. It could be happening. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, if you're still hanging out with us, jump onto our Facebook page. We would love, like Nick's mum has done. Thank you, Marie. Um, uh, our Facebook page, Off Air Podcast Community. It's where we discuss all the different topics of the week. Um, and otherwise, we'll catch you next week. Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Off Air. Remember to like and subscribe. People are entitled to their sexual proclivities.